this week, uh, I don't know if you if you recognize, and I just want to th- throw this at everybody, the, the jar that sits right up here. Um, some of you may know what that's for, some of you may not. Uh, but we're trying to, w- what's one of our focus for this year? Joe. And I, I like the little snowman Joes on the table today. I don't know where those came from, but the snow Joes, I don't know, that's, that's made me think of Joe. I hope that's what, uh, what you thought of when you saw him. But uh, the, the, the emphasis, the focus that we want to have this year is Joe, reaching out to Joe, whoever Joe might be in your life. And uh, I don't know how that happens in your life, but I want to tell you just quickly this morning uh, of a situation that I had this week and, and how I was able to reach out to Joe. Um, just had a business luncheon, and, and we were sitting around talking, and uh, there was four of us at the lunch, and one of them's a, a good friend of mine, and he had invited me to do something with him at his church. And so I happened to mention to him in front of the other two, I said, hey, I, I stopped over at your church and I signed up for that event. And so and that's all I said. Very, very easy, not, not uh, confrontational. And all of a sudden, one of the other people in the group goes, what's that for? I said, oh, I'm doing something with his church. And we proceeded to have a 15-minute conversation about church. And all I had to do was say the word. I didn't, I didn't pushy. I wasn't pushy. I wasn't trying to force anything down the throat. And uh, the, the one of my coworkers went off about how oh we had to go to church every day when I was a kid. And as soon as I was old enough, I was out of there. No church for me. And I said, Wow, my my kids get really upset when they can't go to church. And she just looked at me and she goes, Really? I was like, Yeah. In fact, I wish I could have told you this morning. There, were, there was a great debate in our house. My daughter is, is sick, like swollen glands, up all night with a fever. Dad, I really want to go to church, please. It's like, no, we can't expose you to, to the other kids. Um, Charity I had, was going to leave her home because she needs to be back to Brockport a little afternoon. I said, it's just too, it's too fast to rush out. And she's like, please, 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 I don't want to miss church. But that's... There's something different, and it, and it just it blew her mind. And she goes, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I said, well, you need to come and check it out sometime. She lives in Hilton, and she just said, maybe I will. You know? And it was, it was so simple. It was so easy to just let it be part of the conversation. But I, had to, I wanted to put it in the jar today because it was an opportunity that God gave me to reach out to Joe this week, even though it's... Josephine, but you know what I mean. So, that's all an extra. Um, This morning we're starting our next series, and it's called Parenthood. Now, I feel like a little bit, this is like one of those series when uh, we talk about marriage, all the single people check out and go, oh, a marriage series, great. Don't ever check out of a message. God has got something for you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in your life. So, kids this morning, you're not in your class and you're hearing us talk about parenthood, don't check out. You might learn some things today. Now, parents, here's the real danger. They might listen and then hold you accountable. All right? But in the day and age that we live, in the society that we live, the idea that Sharing skills for parenting would just be for mom and dad is ridiculous. 
They're for aunts and uncles. They're for cousins. They're for grandparents. We either, many of us are parents, or we know parents, or we have parents. That pretty much covers it. All right, And so I don't want anybody to say, oh, this isn't a message for me, because it absolutely is. And the principles and the precepts that God gives us as they, re, as they connect to parenting are applicable across the board. They're applicable in other relationships. So please listen to what we've got to say through this series, whether you're a parent or not, because someday you might be, or someday you might be able to share what God teaches you with someone that is. All right? Curious to see what, what your idea is. I'm going to probably drive uh, Thomas crazy today because uh, I'll be bouncing all over the place, not necessarily doing, doing real well, but he's going to try to match me as best he can. What do you think, and this is, this is a very open-ended question, but what do you think is our job, is your job as a parent before God? What is the goal from the time you hold that little infant in your hand to the time you or they go to be with the Lord, what is your job as a parent? What's the goal? What is the ultimate priority in your life? Anybody? To provide, okay. To prepare them for adult life. Excellent. What else? Teach them about the, the, the things and the ways of the Lord. Anybody else? To love. To dedicate them to the Lord. All right, and, and those are all excellent and right answers. I want to try to encapsulate that in one, in one small phrase, and that would be a parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from you, the parent, and on to the Lord Jesus. And, and so parenthood is that process. It's that process of getting that infant that you're holding in your hands that is completely dependent upon you 100%. And as they grow, you're teaching them and you're training them to transfer that dependence from you to Jesus. And we're going to make mistakes along the way. One of the things that my wife struggled with for years and years, she, she felt that every mistake that she made was going to damage our kids for life. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Way more pressure than we... We are all going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes on a, on a daily occurrence. But God is bigger than our mistakes. And if we take the steps to do the things that he's calling us to do, he'll fill in the gaps. He'll help make up for those mistakes. Those times when we just lose it and we scream at our kids, that, that, that's the kind of thing my wife thinks that's all they're going to remember. They're going to be 25 years old and all they'll remember. That's a, and I go, Jill, that's impossible. They're going to remember swimming in the swimming pool together with us. And they're going to remember going to the park. And they're going to remember you sitting on the floor and, 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 and playing, uh, tr- playing sorry and playing Uno. 
And they're going to remember while you're sitting there and you're wiping their brow because they've got a fever. They're going to remember baking cookies together. And you know what? They might remember the day, the day that you lost it and screamed at them. But you know what? It's going to be okay. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about how do we start that process. And it's going to be a little bit of a, of a big picture. And as we go through the series, we'll, we'll get a little bit more down to the nitty-gritty. But it's critical that we, that we take that step. Um, Thomas, I don't know if you have the slide about the statistics, but I want to talk about why is it so important. And so I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Why is it so important that we, as believers do this with our children, that we transfer this dependence to the Lord and why we do it now. Is that a slide or not? Okay. These are some fascinating statistics, I thought. That if mom and dad go to church together, 72% of those children will serve the Lord as adults. If only mom brings the kids to church, it's 15%. If only dad brings them to church, it's 55%. Dads, I want you to pay attention. And that's not to slam on moms, but for whatever reason, when dad serves the Lord and makes it a priority, it is very impactful for the kids. If neither mom or dad comes to church, 6%. That's terrible. Have you ever met parents that are maybe Christians or maybe, maybe they go to church or they do something, but, but their philosophy is, I'm going to let my kids figure it out on their own? Makes me want to pull my hair out. That is absolute destruction. Or we're just going to give our kids a little bit of information and let them decide on their own. I, I need to tell you that... that Pastor Rob and I have, have a, between us over 30 years of ministry experience with youth ministry. And that is one of the most destructive philosophies I have ever seen. When you, anybody here ever get the flu shot? Why, why do you do that? So you can stay healthy. You don't want to get the flu. How do, what do they do when they enter? when they give you a flu shot? What are they really introducing to your system? The flu. They're giving you a little piece of the flu so that now you will be resistant to the flu. What do you think is going to happen to a kid when you give them a little bit of God? Hmm? (laughs) When you give somebody a little bit of God, You let them make their own decisions on it, I believe you're inoculating them against God. We saw this again and again. In fact, we even talked about it in in years past about kids that were inoculated against the gospel. Parents who just said, hey, you know, come to church if you want to come to church. Or, I know, and listen, I'm I'm not saying this is an easy task. It's not. Getting a teenager out of bed on a Sunday morning can be a tough job. But don't allow yourselves, don't allow your friends to inoculate their kids against the gospel. Does that make sense? And listen, I'm not saying 
if all you have the opportunity to do is to share a little something that you don't do that. You do everything you can do. But as a parent, don't resolve yourself to, hey, here, here's the information you decide on your own. Absolutely not. That's not what God has called us to. In fact, let's take a look at some, some scripture this morning because a good sermon should have some scripture, right? All right, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Can I ask somebody for a glass of water? Thanks. I forgot to grab that for myself this morning. All right. These are the commandments, decrees, and laws. The Lord your God directed me, not me, it was uh, Moses, directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. God didn't just reveal himself to Israel and say, there you go. He challenged them. He said, listen, I'm going to reveal my ways and how to do things right to you and then it's going to be your job to teach who? Your children. And then it's going to be their job to teach who? Their children. We are, we are challenged before God to take his principles, to take his ways, and to teach them to our children. Those things that God has revealed to you, to teach them to your children. How do you do that? And some, many of you today, you're sitting here and your kids are out of the house. Some of you, they're back again. They're going to leave again. It never stops. I just sold a house two months ago to a family, a husband and a wife. They had gotten rid of all their kids. They, the kids had grown up out of the house they sold their home. They'd been living in an apartment for, for over a decade. And they came and said, we need to buy a house. I said, why? Well, stuff's going on with our kids. And um, we're going to have our son and our grandkids living with us. And we want, we want a house again. And, and I said, that, that is pretty amazing that you would do that for your kids. And and she said, well, you know, when you're a parent, it doesn't ever end. You always, you're always going to sacrifice. You're always going to do everything you can for your children. And that's absolutely right. Just because they graduated high school doesn't mean you're done being mom and dad. Or just because they graduated from college or they've moved off and, and have their own job doesn't mean you stop being a mom and dad. The relationship changes, but we still can take the things, that, because I, I hope that no matter what age I am, that I never stop learning, that I never stop gleaning things from the, from the Lord. And I, it's my desire that everything God teaches me, that I would then turn around and teach my children. For several reasons. Number one, I don't want them to have to make the same mistakes that I make. We learn a lot from our mistakes, don't we? We can. We should. Not everybody does. Some people, some people got to learn that hard way, don't they? But you know what? God gives us his word 
so that you don't have to learn the hard way. You can learn it from reading the Word and making application to your life. But I hope that every challenge that you face in your life, I hope that every hard thing you walk through, that you learn from it. And then you turn around and you teach, whether it's your children or a friend or someone that God has put in your life, you teach it to them so that they don't have to go through the same difficult experience that you went through. I've shared this in the past. I don't know how many of you like to hike um, or like to go out into the outdoors, but many of you here do. Uh, and and, and I've, I've had this experience where you're walking with a group of people and, and, the, and the, the path is overgrown and there's trees and branches in the way and so you're pushing through those things. And if you get just the right size sapling with just the, you know, a big enough branch where you can push it aside but it's still a strong branch and the person in front of you goes just the, the right distance and they go through that branch and it comes swinging back at you, what happens? Ow! That hurts. And if you're a nice person, what do you do for the person behind you? You hold it for them, or you say, hey, look out for that branch. Now, if you're a mean person, you go, <laughs> are you a mean person in the Lord, or are you going to be a nice person? Don't, in, the, in, the, in the, the slaps of life, please don't be the kind of person that goes, oh, well, I'm not going to share this with anybody, because they really need to learn it themselves. Wow. Now some people, I understand, they're stubborn. And they do have to learn it themselves. Silly people. But most people, I'm hoping, your children, your friends, the people God has given you connections with, you can say, hey listen, I want to tell you about something that I just went through. It was not fun. It didn't feel good. I don't want to see this happen to you. Let me show you what God taught me. first thing that we need to do in order to make that transition, that changing dependence, helping our children change their dependence from us to God, the first thing that we need to do is love God. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Is that a slide that we have? Nope, too far should have just been, uh, you, you blew right past it. It was the second slide. Keep going back. No. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. There it is. Hear, O Israel. And what does that mean when they say, O Israel? Hear, O God's people. Hear, O church. So this is a message for us this morning. Hear, God's people, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. How much of your, how much of your heart? All of it. How much of your soul? How much of your strength? All of it. Wow, we got less enthusiastic each time. I don't know what's... What's going on?
it can be a challenge in today's world to do this. And I recognize that. I've got, I've got four kids, and our kids are pulled in a lot of different directions. So I know that yours are too. And the way that the world, and listen, there's, there's a lot of things that happen that are not bad or evil, but they pull at our attention, and they pull and they divide us. I'm sure that you know, or maybe this is you, you know families that every hour of the day, they're running. They're taking kids to karate practice, and they're taking kids to hockey practice, and they're taking kids to music lessons, and they're taking kids to, 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 to this event, and that event, and that thing, and this thing, and they don't even have time to, to, to sleep. Listen, having your kids involved in activities is wonderful. But some people, that's, that's church for them. I've talked with parents who their philosophy of parenting is, if I keep my kids so busy that they won't be able to get in trouble. I'll have them involved in every club and everything, that they're running from morning till night. They're going to be too exhausted to get in trouble. They'll still get in trouble. But that is, that's their parenting philosophy. The busier that they can get. And what does that do to the family? That, I mean, you can't, if you have more than one kid, your mom and dad are going in different directions. Statistically, do you know how important it is for you to have dinner together with your family? I mean, even the world says this is one of the top, most important things for families to actually sit down and have a meal together. Not, hey, grab whatever you want and sit in front of the TV. Actually sitting down at the table, eating a meal together, having conversation, doesn't happen. Because people are running all over the place. We need to learn how to live Counterculturally, Jesus said that we're to be in the world, but not of it. And that's, that's a very delicate balance. I recognize that. I understand that. And I don't have, I can't tell you the, the um, I can't tell you the exact formula on how to do that. Because I don't think there is one. You need to seek the Lord and find out what's the formula for you and your family having some conversations with Pastor Rob this week. We, we're very similar. We like a lot of the same things. We dislike a lot of the same things. Right, we're, we're about the same age, although Rob's a little older. Um, and, uh, you know, we have four kids. Our kids' ages match up well. But you know what? We're very different. We parent different. We do things with our kids different. And you notice I didn't say that we do it wrong and they do it right, or we do it right and they do it wrong, it's different. Because what God's called their family to do is different than what God's called my family to do. And some of the things that their family has done, God has challenged us. When I met Pastor Rob, some of the things that, that God had put in his heart and the things that they were doing as a family just really poked at Jill and I in a good way. We were very, um, 
isolationist kind of Christians. One of the first things that, that uh, and, and Rob's got an evangelist heart. He wants to see the lost be one. And I used to do this great event, at least I thought it was a great event, on Halloween every year, where we would invite hundreds and hundreds of people to, to a, an area gym, and we set up all this fun stuff for kids to do. And, and, and it, it grew from year to year to year. And we would see a couple hundred of people come to this event because it was a Halloween alternative. And Halloween is evil, and we don't do Halloween as Christians, so we can get all of our Christians away from the bad world people, and, and we'd have this event. And we'd have people come from other churches and all over the county and come out to Brockport. From, we'd have people that came out from Henrietta and Webster, and it was, it was a great event. Now, Pastor Rob didn't know about this, but Halloween started coming around, and I was going to ask him, hey, what are you doing? And he got frustrated, and he's like, oh, we're going to hide this year. I go, what are, you, what are you talking about? Oh, the only day of the year that the world's coming to our door, and we hide. And I didn't say anything. You know, because it, it didn't really offend me. It just pierced me a little bit. I'm like, ouch, he doesn't like what I do. But I listened to what he had to say. And I was like, that, you know what? Wow. And he started talking about, he started sharing with me a little bit of his vision for what Halloween could be. And it resonated inside of me. It, it did something in me. And within a year, we canceled that event, and we started doing what Rob was doing. We said, wait a minute. We don't need to run from Halloween. We need to redeem Halloween. Because Jesus came to redeem things, not run from them. Listen, I'm not saying go out and embrace Wicca because, ooh, we can redeem Halloween. That's not what I'm saying. There are things that God says are wrong and evil, and we stand up and we say these are wrong and these are evil. But God's going to show you as a parent what ways you can stand up for what's right and what ways you can do things, and it's going to be different than the way your brother does it or your sister does it or your cousin does it. It doesn't make it a right or wrong thing. It makes it a... You know what? God can speak to you as an individual thing. And we can and through this series we're going to give you principles and ideas. And that doesn't mean do it the way I do it. It doesn't mean that at all. And if I share stories with you, I please don't take that as a gee, I'm looking down on you if you do this differently than I do it. And the same thing when Pastor Rob shares. The the, the stories are going to be examples. Things that we do. It's hard. It's hard raising kids. We're, 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 as families, we're addressing some issues that are difficult. And, and our oldest are only in seventh grade. It's only going to get more difficult. You know, we're, we're, we're challenged right now with the fact that our kids think that every single kid in their grade has a cell phone except them. And I bet you about 95% do. But you know what? That's not in our family budget to get another cell phone. And if all your friends have phones, you don't need one because you can borrow theirs to call me. 
But the way that we are going to handle that might be different than the way that they're going to handle it. And it's not a one's right and one's wrong. If we seek God and we ask Him, Lord, give us direction, how should we do this for our children? He's going to speak to us. And you know what? The, the vision that God... I mean, even, even the fact that our kids are now in public schools, I attribute to the, the things that Rob has planted into my life. We used to have our kids in private school. But you know what? We're called to be salt and light. How can we have influence? Do you remember that message that Pastor Rob did? And he had the, the breakfast platter up here. I know Eddie remembers. <laughs> All right? Salt does not have any effect on something unless it comes in contact with it. That's right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to poo-poo Christian education. Okay? I went to a Christian school. I graduated from a Christian college. I, I support Christian education. And at some point in my life, in, in our kids' lives, we may put them back into Christian schools. We may homeschool them. But for right now, we believe that God has spoken to our family that our kids need to be in the public school, and they get phenomenal opportunity. Charity came home on Friday, and she said, Dad, a girl came up to me and said, if this happened to you, what would you do? And she said, well, I'd pray about it. She goes, well, I'm an atheist. That doesn't really work. Next time she says that, what's your response going to be? God doesn't believe in atheists. You should try praying. See what happens. God's going to give our kids opportunities to speak the truth in love. God's going to give our kids opportunity to share with people. And you know what? That doesn't mean, I'm not preaching, if your kid's in a public, a private school or homeschooled, that you should get them out of there. I didn't say that at all. I don't want you to think that. Because if your kid's being homeschooled or your kid's in a private school, it's because you sought the Lord and that's what God asked you to do. And I respect that. And that's exactly what we're talking about this morning. If we love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, we're going to seek God and He's going to show us, He's going to direct us on what we can do for our kids. But let's not get wrapped up and caught up in the things that the world does and mimic them and try to make... that. For years and years, Christian movies were terrible. Terrible. They're getting better all the time. I'm so grateful for that church that's, that's made those movies, because for the first time ever, you don't have to be embarrassed to say to somebody, watch this movie that has only one cameo professional actor in it. I mean, they're, they're getting better all the time. But it shouldn't be our goal as Christians to take something that the world's doing and then try to make a Christian version of it. It should be the other way around. One of the, and this is this is a, a style of music that's really not prevalent anymore. But you know that the the, the genre of music. Did you ever hear of a genre called ska? Christians really were in the forefront of that of that genre of music. I knew I knew kids in, uh, that were in high school that they listened to the Christian bands because they were the first ones to come up with it. 
Right, Pete Beatrice used to listen to, um, what was it? Supertones? You know, because they were one of the first ska bands. I like that. I like when Christians start getting the ideas first and then the world has to copy them. If we get caught up in this, this thing where it's your run, 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 run to this event, to this event, to this event, to this event, how are you showing your kids to love the Lord? What we're doing is we're loving activities. We're loving busyness. We're loving keeping up with the Joneses. Friday nights at our house, this isn't, I'm not telling you to do this. This is something that we do. Friday nights at our house are very protected. And, and sometimes in my business, it's hard to do because if somebody wants to look at a house, that could mean income in my pocket. But Fridays are very well protected because Friday, all, my kids all know, is what? Pizza movie night. Not negotiable. I leave work, I go next door, I, I, buy t- I buy two or three wads of dough that they'll sell me, bring it home, and we, every week, a different kind of pizza. Whatever the kids want to put on it, we, well, sometimes we're really ambitious. Usually it's just standard cheese pepperoni. Sometimes we'll get a uh, chicken Alfredo pizza. Sometimes we'll do a, a barbecue. Uh, but every, every Friday, Why? Because we want to spend time as family. We want to do something fun and special. It's a tradition. And, and there's, there's times where conflict comes and we, we don't let it in because it's important to us. So how can you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, Do it by leading. Right? And I guess that would be the second point, Thomas. Lead our families. What does that mean to lead? The, the, the picture that we're given in the scriptures is that of a shepherd. The shepherd leads the sheep. And all that simply means is the shepherd walks in the way that the sheep should go, and the sheep walk after the shepherd. Shepherd never stands behind the sheep. The shepherd doesn't drive the sheep. He doesn't walk behind them and smack them with his staff. Apparently that was a good image. I don't know. Do your kids ever see you reading your Bible? That's a good way to lead. Pastor Rob, again, challenged me this year because my um, when he started talking about the first fruits and giving God of the first of, of everything, the Lord spoke to me, and it wasn't, I don't think this was part of what was in his message, but the Lord spoke to me and said, I needed to start having my devotion time be the first thing I did in the morning. Because, you know, you get up and you're going. And I would usually wait until I got to work or I would wait until there was free time in the day, which there never is. And the Lord spoke to me and said, No, I want you spending time with me first thing. I want 
you to give me the first of your day. And so I've been doing that all year, all 29 days. Um, first thing, I wake up, boom, get my Bible out, start reading it. And you know what's fun? Is kids will wander in and be like, oh, Dad's reading the Bible. And they'll walk back out. Do you know what's important? It's important that our children see us in the Word. That our children see that the Scriptures are important to us. That the Scriptures are a priority in our lives. Do you pray together? Do you pray with the kids? I mean, I'm not just talking about they sneeze and you say, God bless you. Or, or do you, uh, you know, say grace at the meal? Do you actually, do you pray together with the kids? Do you pray together as a family? Do you pray together with your spouse? Do you have a time for family devotions? Where you can sit down and, and read some scripture as a family and discuss it and, and, and teach them some biblical truths. Do you have opportunities where you can show your kids how to love one another, how to love other people, how to be generous to others, how to serve? Do you serve in front of your children? I don't, um, I don't, over the years, especially in youth ministry, you have parents come to you and they say, ask you things like, you know, gee, we, we see your family. All right? And I have to tell you, I have to, to really give honor to my mom and dad this morning. Because my mom and dad loved the Lord with all their hearts in front of us. All right? Five kids in the family, and all five of us as adults are serving the Lord. Our spouse are serving, spouses are serving the Lord. That's pretty rare in today's day and age, I have to say. That beats the odds. But I, all those things that I'm telling you about this morning, these are things that we did growing up. Things that we watched our parents do as we were growing up. And I think service is a huge one. To be able to come and, and to include your children. I, I was telling somebody earlier last week, my parents used to have a Bible study in our home from the mid-70s until the early 90s. About 15 years, there was a, a Bible study for teenagers that happened in our home once a week. I remember as a, as a seven, eight, nine-year-old kid coming downstairs and having 50 kids packed into our living room. There was no, you couldn't see the carpet. They were sitting, teenagers coming together to worship the Lord and to have Bible study in my home. It was my home with my parents, that's, that's what influenced me growing up. Watching my parents serve these kids and love on these kids and incorporate us into it. They'd go and they'd do stuff with, with these kids and they'd bring us along. We were part of the serving. We were part of the loving. Dads, I want to talk to you for a minute. Or maybe you're an uncle or maybe you're a, a, a grandfather. Listen, our roles in the lives of the young girls in our lives is critical. The daddy-daughter relationship 
is so huge in how your daughter will see Jesus. How your daughter will look at God as father. How your daughter will look at young men as potential boyfriends and husbands. I don't want to put too much weight, but it's, it needs to be put on us as men. It's a very important relationship. I, I date my daughters. We go out. Charity's begging me, Dad, we need to do a breakfast. But you know what? If you don't give your kids an expectation of how they're supposed to be, the world will do it for you. So I want to take my daughters out for breakfast or out to lunch or just out to do something. Why? Because I want them to know how they should be treated. How should a man treat them? So when these pimply-faced boys start come knocking at the door, I don't have to be the mean guy. I mean, I love watching shows or hearing stories about the dad that comes to the door with a shotgun and, and, or the dad that the cop and son, son, let me show you my gun collection. And, and uh, those are great. I love those kinds of stories. But you know what? If we, if we as fathers treat our daughters the way that they need to be treated, we're not going to need to do that. Because some, some boy tries something stupid, they're going to be smart enough to know that's not the way that I deserve to be treated. See you later. And that's the secret, I think, to parenting. If we put in the hard work early, it's going to make life easier later. The problem is we all get tired and we all get lazy and we all get exasperated and we just don't want to do it. And so we go, like, oh, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. And then we make more work for ourselves in the future. Isn't that how any investment works? You work hard on the front end to reap the benefits on the back end. Parenting is no different. We need to create a hunger for the things of God. In my, in my preparation, I read that there was a I'm going to probably kill this word, but there was a, a thing that the Israelite um, nurses would do uh, for the children. They would put a paste on the roof of their mouth called called chinook, and they would they would press it into the roof of their mouth, and it would create a hunger in the, in the children so that they would nurse better. And the scripture. Um, Trying to think of the scripture, proper one. Just a second here. Thomas, is there a slide with just one verse on it? Yes. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not turn from it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Chanak. To initiate, to dedicate, or to train. It said chanak in the way that he should go. Train a child. Give him an appetite for the things of God. If we can instill in our children 
an appetite for the things of God, they're not going to turn from it. Love God and lead our families in loving God. Those are the two critical points for parenting. And it's the way that we can work toward bringing our children from full dependence upon us to full dependence upon Jesus. And I'm looking forward through our life groups and through these next couple of weeks of exploring some more things on how we can do that. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you love us. And Lord, I know that parenting is, is a huge, huge issue that you are concerned with because you wanted to be known as our Father. And if you had not designed this relationship such, then it, it, you would have chosen a different way to relate to us. But Lord, you desire to relate to us as our Father. You parent us. And so, Lord, I ask that you'd help us to become better parents. Lord, to learn from the examples that you give us. Lord, to learn how to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and strength. Lord, that you would teach us how to lead our families in a way that honors you and brings glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thomas, there should be one more slide that's um, a bunch of scriptures. I just want to give you guys these if you want to jot them down. Um, seven areas that we can use to train people, to train our kids from Proverbs. All right? um, train them how to manage God's money. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Train them to carefully select friends. Proverbs 13.20. Train them to watch their words. Proverbs 4.24. And, and by the way, how do you train? You, somebody said it over here. By your example. Okay? So make sure it's not do as I say, but not as I do. When we train, we set an example. Train them to be responsible. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Train them to guard their minds. That's a big one. Proverbs 23, 7. That's probably one that you work on as the kids get a little older. Train them to be generous. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Train them to fear God. Proverbs 1, 7. Those are seven great areas to start with if you're really looking for something specific to get to, get to work on with kids. Amen. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Um, it's nice to see that we have a, a few folks that this is their first time with us this morning. Please make sure you, uh, you say hello to some folks. And uh, if you can stay and help us clean up, that would be awesome too. Any announcements you want for? Thanks. LifeQuestCommunityChurch.com. If you go to our church's website, on the page that says Ministries, down at the bottom is our, um, all of our life groups. And so it'll, it'll list the things that happen on Sundays, and it'll happen the things that happen during the week. And in, in, in the life groups, there's one that meets in Hilton on Tuesdays at the Cameron's home, and that's right up here on Tallwood uh, at 7 o'clock. 
in Brockport, we have our first life group that's going to be a daytime life group. So uh, Chris Swanson's hosting that group, and it's going to be on Wednesdays at 10.30 in the morning. So if you're available during the day and you can um, get out to Brockport, that you can attend that life group. In Spencerport on Wednesdays, Ed and Marcy Chambry are going to be continuing to host their life group there. And uh, Carl and Cindy are going to be leading that. And then on Fridays, the Pascarellas, we're going to be doing uh, the, a life group at, at Matt and Cherry Pascarellas, Fridays at 6.30 p.m. And at the Pascarellas, there's going to be an adult life group and a kid life group. So it is family-friendly. You can bring your kids. And then Youth Quest is continuing to meet on Fridays in Brockport. And, and if you need directions to any of those, just click on the link. And it'll pop up Google Maps and give you directions right where you need to go. All right? Awesome. Thanks. Have a great week.